hello and welcome to Box Cutters episode 213. No time, let's go. Boom, let's go. <laughs> my name is Josh Canal. to my left Nellie Thomas. Hello. And to my right Brett Cropley. A good evening viewers. On this show today we are going to be speaking to Peter Campbell, the Director of Sports and Olympics from mm. Foxtel about Foxtel's Winter Olympic coverage. Because Olympics aren't sports. That's why it's an and. Uh, I don't know. That's just what I was told. Uh, I just, uh, or I just, Peter's not real. Or maybe, or maybe Peter's not real. Maybe he's just uh, invented a title for himself in the same way that uh, the other day I was thinking if I was working for the Comedy Festival and I had to invent my own <laughs> uh, job title, I would invent the job title of Susan Proven. Well, I that's looked a, at the... Uh, just Susan Proven. Josh Canal. Josh Canal. Susan Proven. Susan Proven. On my business cards. Card. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'd do. I looked at the guide and just, just wept. Just wept a... Uh, a tier or two. Uh, the Comedy Festival Guide. 400 shows, my friends. Yeah, but you've got eight of them. <laughs> don't you, Nelly? It... That's 2%. Only 312 international acts to compete with. I'll, I'll be fine. You're fine. I really will be fine. How many of them could have been a sailor? That's right. None. None. I'm venturing, I guess. Except for Wendell Sailor. <laughs> who, I don't know if he's got his own show this year. And Reg Hunter. They would have taken him. Oh, yeah. He's filthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's filthy. I think he's got tattoos. Do you think? Well, why wouldn't he? On his bottom. Oh, really? I don't know. It's a lot of information. <laughs> now, this show is all about television. Did I mention that? We're going to be so we're going to be speaking to Peter Campbell, yep. uh, the uh, the director of sports and Olympics at Foxtel. I think they're adding the at Olympic and Olympics to his uh, to his title because they have the Olympics and they never have before. Well, which because is kind no of one knows it's on. Yeah, no one knows the Winter Olympics. Is are there on. Olympics on? Yeah, what? you'd mm. think that would be part of the anti siphoning list, wouldn't it? Well, thing is, Channel Nine also have access to the Winter Olympics and are also showing the Winter Olympics. Uh, so every other day. So they uh, so I think that works around the uh, the, the anti siphoning list. Hey Josh, yeah. maybe we should talk to someone from Channel Nine. Well it's funny that you should mention that. Yes, mm. because we've got Jan Rooney wow. calling from Vancouver to talk to us as well. That's about proper. Channel Nine's uh, coverage of the Winter Olympics. So let's call this the Box Cutters Winter Olympics coverage Olympics coverage special. <laughs> okay, 2010. The, yeah. The you have win- to put a sorry, date it's, in it. It's the Winter Olympics coverage coverage special. Yeah. So we're covering the Winter Olympics coverage mm. in this episode. 2010, 213, it all adds up in the end. <laughs> uh, we've also got some uh, some quiz. we got some, uh, if you watch one thing, we've got some pork. As always, though, we're going to kick things off very briefly with the Box Cutters News. <laughs> You like the old one? Yeah, it's nice. Uh, Brett, you uh, you mentioned uh, anti-siphoning laws. Yes. And Senator Conroy has uh, gone into battle this week. Senator Conroy. I know. Imagine having a story about him on this show. Senator Conroy <laughs> is the uh, is the Minister for Communications and, uh, something. and other stuff. That what surprises me most about that is, is that uh, he's not out on the golf uh, course with, with one of our media moguls or perhaps uh, downhill skiing or snowboarding. It's very hard to play I golf while you're downhill skiing. With... <laughs> oh, not really. I thought he was out with Kerry Packer, but then I realised he's dead. That would be awkward. Very weekend of booze. Yeah. yeah. But a bit smellier. Yeah, but when I point. hear media mogul, that's just the first thing that comes to my head. 
Well, well, he's well, Kerry Packer was one of the me- media moguls. He was skiing over in the moguls. Oh, broccoli. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> I was, I was going to make a media massive liver. I was going to make a media medium <laughs> joke. About oh. contacting the dead, but uh, no, Cropley, that's, uh, that's way more disgusting. Uh, so S- Senator Conroy has, mm. uh, has decided to reopen the whole anti-siphoning law uh, shenanigans. Uh, the anti-siphoning laws are laws that are in place to uh, basically protect the free-to-air networks, give them the rights, give them basically first dibs at mm-hmm. covering... Not quite. Uh, it- the the rationale behind the anti siphoning laws is actually to protect the viewers so that they're not put into a position that if they're not paying a premium then they don't get to watch uh, you, your most basic of sports. So the, if you the can't most afford important sports. Fox tell you can still watch the AFL grand final. Yeah. Right. But why is it siphoning? Because I hear siphoning, I siphoning think that's illegal off downloading. Siphoning out of, of uh, free to wear and, and into a, right. a gated uh, area. So you're saying that the anti-siphoning laws are basically saying that watching sport on television is a basic human right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, Something it is in Australia. It should be, should be, free, should be free to all. It is essentially a religion in this country for some. More important than Seinfeld. Oh, yeah. Mm, anyone can have that. So, so Con- mm. Conroy is, is talking about it being basically unfair and anti-competitive and, uh, and wants to uh, start looking at opening it up so that subscription television can have a bigger bite of the cherry when it comes to sport. Oh, I thought, correct me if I'm wrong, because clearly I am from what you just said, but I thought what he was saying is the free-to-air should get first dibs, but if they don't run it properly e.g. Australian Open, when you're going to interrupt it for some daytime soap, if they don't run it properly, then the, the pay dudes can have it. Well, it's actually, it's, it's actually a little bit less than that. It's, okay. the, it's the use it or lose it laws that were, uh, that, that were suggested by Coonan when she, uh, when, when she was uh, Minister for mm. Communications. And, uh, and these use it or lose it laws, basically, a, a lot of times... Networks will buy the rights mm. to a sporting event and then barely show it or not yeah. show it at all. Mm. So, like, just being a spoiler, so that uh, nobody else can, so that nobody else can, or, or, can get it. You know, a metaphorical cock blocker. Sure. So, uh, you know, <laughs> Ch- Channel Nine, Channel Nine are known for their golf coverage, sure. say, and uh, and then they uh, they they get the rights to all of the the big golfing events, mm. but don't actually don't show actually them. Show them. But they they like to maintain that they are still the major golf network. So, Minister for, example, for macrame, you know, communications and everything else is yes. saying if Channel Nine does that, for argument's sake, then Foxtel should be able to run it. Yes. E.g. Yeah. Yes. Okay. That well, that sounds fair. That there's no rule that should say that well, Foxtel should be able to run it, or anyone else can get another bite of it if they're mm. not using it. Mm. Makes it much harder to police. So, which points? Do they do that? Do they get halfway through uh, the Hopman Cup and mm. see the Channel 7 aren't giving it proper coverage and so suddenly it's on Fox? Right. Makes who, it harder to police. Someone played, who was it? Who was Sam Stozer was playing um, one of her matches in the Australian Open and obviously she's you know one of the few hopes in Australian tennis and they didn't show it. For, I can't remember what they put on but something they put their normal programming on didn't show it and I was wondering home and away or something some crap like that yeah. you know they just didn't put it on at that point surely 
another station should be allowed to have it. At that exact point. At that exact point. You should have a minister for people who don't put shit on proper. So a minister for channel changing. And they pick changing. up the phone and go, right, 10, do you want it? ABC, do you want it? You know, we got the last two sets of the uh, of the Federer match. Do, <laughs> do, right. do you want to show them right now? I do. I want them on. And and so, you, <laughs> well, I know I know I know that you want them on. Yeah. But but I I think that's an unrealistic goal. No, Josh, it's no, not. No, no, it's not. It's, it's not. not. There's so, ministers so for everything. I don't know else. much about television. There can but, be a minister for switch hitting. Right. So all what right? if uh, it's it's one set all and uh, one three, yep. one two in the third set, yeah. and uh, it comes up to six o'clock and they go to the news. Yeah. Hi, this Does is Nelly from the Minister of Switch Hitting. Um, would you like to play the last <laughs> set? Because Emily Moresmo's on, she's hot. <laughs> Bang, done. Done. It's done. But done. who are you calling? From Channel the 10. Cause I'm calling 10 because they've got nothing on. Nelly works for the minister's <laughs> office. I work right? for the minister's yeah. office. Are you getting into this role play? What if what if You're Channel from 10, ten aren't interested? All right, I hang up. I ring Josh. He works for ABC. ABC. Hey, hey, hi. hey, hey. Hi, hi. Hello. So Hello. Um, I'm calling from the minister for, 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 for and, and switch hitting. Yes. And uh, Emily Rosemary is about to win the Australian Open Women's Final, but they've cut to repeats of F Troop uh, on on nine. Would you like it? Sure, we've got Degrassi on at the moment, okay, but I reckon on. we can put jo- jo- Joey Jeremiah on hold. See, done. Perhaps. Done. Perhaps. You don't, you don't bother about 10. You don't bother about the other commercials. And you use ABC4 as... Exactly. There's enough stations. As the net catching those, those events that aren't properly. being broadcast You're properly. Brilliant. You're on brilliant. the stations that aren't They've the got nothing to put on it anyway. Keep it clear mm-hmm. for this event. Mm-hmm. There's an ABC4? There will be. <laughs> there will be if Nelly's ministry has anything to do with it. You could give them ABC2, let's face it. Just say, you know what? We're keeping it clear. Oh, yeah, the kids, the kitty stuff's on during the days there. No, that's ABC three. three. No, no, but during the day, days on ABC2 is kids stuff as the well. The kids will be all right. All you've got to do is <laughs> keep it clear. Keep it clear. And then in this event, you can't tell me they'd ever do it. The commercials, they just need the threat. They need the Damocles sword just <laughs> vote, hovering. Vote for Nelly. The kids are all right. <laughs> the kids are all right. Uh, so, the, so just having given the uh, the networks a, a 33% discount on their yep. licence fees, Conroy's going to climb up on a big ladder and, and start tying a sword over their heads. You cut Stan Sosa again, my friends. ABC3. They'll uh, be getting rid of square pants sponge dude. And they'll be putting her on. You don't suspect he's, he's too much in the pockets of these people that own the network? Well, he's going to go. We all know that. That's that's the elephant in the room. He's going. He can't survive all of this. Be, hard about skiing in well, wherever you, he was. You, you think that a ministerial ALP member uh, has has the ethics to, to actually go well, look, there? Well, Garrett's obviously the one who's suffering at the moment. Under You know, people dying, shit like that's kind of important. But after that happens. I think... I think I think Senator Conroy is, is announcing all of these things while all the focus is on Peter Garrett. Exactly. So exactly. That, uh, that can't last long. The beds are burning, Josh. The beds are burning. <laughs> in uh, in other bed burning news, and and this is this is actually an article that I, I don't know, Brett. Do you understand it? The whole OECD thing. I I, I wrote to the uh, the reporter who who wrote an article in the Australian. In the Australian business section. The OECD have taken a look at Telstra's one-quarter ownership of Foxtel. Yes, and are urging the government... From a perspective of competition or, or a, a, a conflict of interest kind of thing there. And they're, they're urging the government to, uh, to force Telstra to sell their share of, uh, of Foxtel. 
uh, I don't understand why the OECD why? is particularly interested in how small the competition is or the lack of competition in our television industry. Does Telstra own any other TV sh- stations? Like a stake in any other TV no. station? So then what's the drama? Well, the drama is that we're like starting more. To, to see a crossover between standard traditional television broadcast and uh, broadcast online. Mm. So te- television content online, which is Telstra as a provider, and they've talked about their T-Box, which we talked mm. about late last year. Um, they're, so they're talking about, from a, a kind of ISP point of view, of internet, internet service, provider. service provider. I got that, Joshua Canal. I wasn't saying it for you, Nelly. I, I know you that were. you're well aware. Of providing <laughs> television-style content right. online. Yep. So if they're also doing that on Foxtel, then... How how do they so should the ABC not prioritize have a whether it's going to cable or whether it's going th- straight through their web service? I don't see how that's any it, worse it, than it's a, a station situation. having a website and putting stuff on it. Like, what's the difference? Uh, because Telstra controls the uh, the infrastructure, the conduit through which uh, that content goes. So they think so, they might so say they to could other block stations, out any other p- possible put. competitor. Well, then don't you just make it a rule that they can't do that? See, I'm the minister. You well, just, all you need to do is come to me, Brett. We, we still haven't we seen uh, the company, I don't think, actually be split between uh, infrastructure and uh, and commercial service as yet. But that was My announced head just almost a year explode. ago. Right. But um, right. So, so wheels turn quite slowly. The OECD, I think, is probably getting in there so that maybe there'll be some action before 2015. Maybe. The OECD what, needs um, a hobby. I think so. Because I, I, I still don't understand no. why they care. It's such a small slice mm. of of the international television community. And, and Telstra really doesn't have much play internationally. They, they, they have a monopoly here. I believe the, uh, the OECD actually takes a, a macro and microeconomic uh, perspective on what's going on with business around the world. Oh, and I bet they love a meeting. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'd love a meeting, wouldn't I? They've had a meeting about this. Nothing. Nah. To me, seems not not of interest. Do you think it's important, honestly? Um, I'm not sure that anybody's going to pay any attention to the OECD's call Mm. for that to happen. Oh, so they're like the UN. Uh, (laughs) Less so. Less effective. And you answered like a politician. You're trying to move in on my ministry because you didn't accept the premise of my question and just answered somebody else's question. (laughs) question? (laughs) Do you or do you not think it's important? Like, like, am I actually interested? Yeah, you're not. None of us are interested. Because I don't think anything's going to (laughs) happen. Okay. Yeah. That's which was then. which was what I was explaining. That yeah. was a no then. I was I was interested until I until I <laughs> until understood, you raised it with us <laughs> until I understood what it was about and then went, oh is that it? I'm sorry I ever mentioned it. <laughs> so am I. Speaking of uh, of sorry sorry that uh, we ever mentioned it, Christy Malthouse mm. has uh, has been sacked. Apparently, I mean I don't know because I was listening to um, John Fane this morning and he made some kind of off hand remark in relation to something else about the fact that she had had a baby and essentially been asked not to come back. But she what, had what the network, baby. What network was 10, she on? Okay. So she was on um, 10 News. Well, it's not the first time they've sports. done something like that. But she had a baby in 1998. So then I started, not 1998, sorry, 2008. So okay. yeah, I'm still about that. Um, obviously, that's a couple of years ago. So I'm thinking, did this just happen or is he referring back to it? 
um, you know, in a kind of this happened a couple of years ago sense. And I couldn't find it anywhere. I didn't look there very hard, to be perfectly honest. But either way, it seems the upshot is Christy Malthouse. Um, won't be returning to the show won't be that returning, she was one of the hosts of. That she was a very, like she footy. was one of their centrepieces, you know. She was a, she was a big Was it a hosting team of three? Hosting team, but also she was the anchor, the sports anchor on the news, I believe. Ah, uh, we've uh, we've got a phone call, so we might wrap the news up and uh, and and go to the the first of our guests. All right, and that is the ill-informed box cutters news. <laughs> Hi, this is Jess McGuire from Defamer Australia and other malarkey, and you're listening to my favourite podcast, Box Cutters. And joining us now on the phone, all the way from Vancouver in Canada in the northern hemisphere of this planet where the Winter Olympics are currently taking place. Peter Campbell, Director of Sports and Olympics at Foxtel. Thanks for joining us on Box Cutters. No problems at all. Uh, Peter, the, uh, the, we had a lot of discussion on the blog this week about uh, the Winter Olympics coverage and particularly uh, th- there was a lot of negative talk from our listeners on the blog about Channel 9's coverage. I wanted to hear from some people about... Foxtel's four-channel subscription for for the Winter Olympics, and uh, a few people responded saying that they were lucky enough to uh, to have that subscription uh, through you know some some bought it early, some got it as a bonus, some uh, some paid full for it. All of them very happy with it. Uh, how does Foxtel get something so right? It seems. <laughs> um, well, thanks for the question. And look, we, we've. We've had uh, we've had two years since we acquired the rights to both Vancouver and to London to um, to plan our way through it, and um, so we've spent a, a lot of time sort of contemplating how we should do it. And the, the short answer is that we what we think our customers wanted, and again they're they're, they're our customers, is um, their sport uh, live and uh, uninterrupted and as much of it as they can possibly see. So that was the premise behind, uh, behind when we started out working out what it was that we were going to make and, and, um, and offer to our customers. What is it that they actually want and what is it they expect of Foxtel's sports coverage? But, but that's not something that Australian viewers are used to. <laughs> um, A responsive For our customers, they're increasingly getting used to it. Obviously, um, we've had... Uh, you know, with, with, with Fox Sports' broadcast of, of, uh, of events, there is, you know, mass number of, uh, and volume of events. Uh, we did broadcast the 2006 Melbourne Commonwealth Games, albeit with restricted access to certain events, but we certainly broadcast that in full. That was uh, broadcast from our, by our colleagues from Fox Sports. Um, and, you know, historically, again, going back to the Fox Footy Channel and so on, um, broadcasting, you know, as much as we possibly could and wherever we possibly could live. So it's not unusual for our customers. They, they, uh, they expect it and, um, and where, where possible, we'll give it to them that way. And how much, how much research did you have to go into to, to what they wanted? Did you, did you go to focus groups? Did you just base it on, uh, on uh, complaints and comments that people had, uh, had left for Fox Sports? Or, uh, or I, I want to know how much of the two years was spent in engineering uh, the, the whole usability of, of the four channels? Sure. Um, look, w- what we did was we sat down with the actual competition schedule right from the word go to work out 
how much we could actually get onto the schedule live. That was actually the first premise because research doesn't need to tell us that people want to watch as much live sport as they possibly can and and um, and uh, get it to them as quickly as they possibly can and show it in its fullest form. We didn't need research to tell us that. What we did need to try and work hard on was how did we turn a competition schedule that has some 17, 16 sports, uh, 86 gold medals over a, over a 17 day competition period, how could we turn that into a manageable, useful, easy way for people to try and find as best they could their way around such a, a vast array of, of athletic competition. And that's where we spent a lot of time. And fortuitously, more than anything, the, the schedule fell for us so that we were able to be able, we were, we were in a position to be able to get you know, every competing Australian live and in full in their event and every gold medal event live and in full in their event because our customers, as well as obviously wanting to gravitate towards watching Australians compete at the, at the highest possible level, also want to be able to see the world's best athletes compete. So from our perspective, it was obviously how can we show as much, as much and as many of the competing Australians compete live and the second one was how can we ensure that customers can see the best possible winter athletes go around in this once in a four-year opportunity. So Peter just to clarify because I'm not actually a Foxtel subscriber. Nearly shame on you. Oh well I can't afford it Dale so if you want to give it to me for free that'd be terrific. Um, (laughs) But that this channel is it dedicated at the moment entirely to the Winter Olympics or is it broken up with other sport? No, so there, there are four channels, Nelly, yep. um, that we have specifically created for um, for the Winter Olympic period, and they are dedicated 100%. <coughs> excuse me to the uh, to the Winter uh, to the Winter Olympics uh, athletic competition. And I mean, are people watching all four channels? What I mean is it is it popular? Well, we've we've certainly got a uh, we've tried to make it as user friendly as we possibly can, so that people know. Uh, what's on it at any one particular time, and believe me, that's a uh, that's a, a Herculean task in mm. itself, and possibly that could almost be appear to for many people to be a little bit almost overwhelming. But we've had a great response from our customers. Um, with I get look, to Peter. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm just surprised that many people are interested. I've got to be honest. In well, Winter Nelly, Olympics, twenty four seven. Yeah. So here's the thing, Nelly. I think. Uh, um, the Winter Olympics in Australia, the last Olympics, there was only 90 hours that was actually broadcast in Australia and of which of that nine hours was broadcast live. Mm-hmm. And I don't necessarily subscribe to the theory that, um, that people don't want to watch it. I think it's a case of people will be able to watch when it's, when it's actually provided to them. And if, if, a lot of, if a lot of great competition is actually provided to them, after all, it is an Olympic Games mm. and these are amazing athletes. And Australia's got a team of... 40 athletes, 20 men, 20 women who are competing on the world stage in a once in a four year competition then we're of the view and still of the view that people want to watch people want to watch that and if mm. we were going to do it, well let's not give them 90 hours let's give them as much as possibly as we can live and in this case it's 340 hours live and over the whole 17 day period it amounts to 1600 hours of television so it's a it's a, wow. it's, a um, it's a quantum quantum leap from what people have previously been exposed to. How, how do you think uh, your competitors, let's not call them by name, uh, but, but uh, why do you think your competitors didn't, uh, didn't think the same way? Because that seems to me to be 
the obvious the obvious road to take. People want to watch elite sports people at their peak competing for world titles. It is the biggest thing that they can do in their lives if they are if they are athletes, and people love to watch that. Uh, and, these ath- and these athletes, they what they give up to uh, to compete on this world stage is. Uh, is amazing. Look, that's not a question that I, I can I can really answer. I can only um, you know that, that that's a, a uh, an answer that would only be able to be provided by somebody else. All I can talk about is from our perspective in the way we approached it, which was how do we get as much to uh, how can we get as much to air live and as quickly as we possibly can, and in some form of order that uh, that can make it um, uh, understandable and navigable. And, uh, and, do you th- and do you think it has been a good decision? I mean, are your are your ratings sort of supporting that decision? Oh, sure. Look, we've set a benchmark um, and a you know a watermark for a, a for ourselves, and I think people now their their expectations of what we will provide for the for the Delhi Commonwealth Games in in October this year, and then again for London going forward. I think people will now expect multi-sport, multi-venue multidisciplined events that take place in a calendar event like this um, to be broadcast in this particular manner, or at least our customers will want that. Mm. And so we're about starting that, uh, if you like, that chain reaction for ourselves. Can, can we talk a little bit of uh, Inside Baseball for a moment and uh, and talk or about... Inside Luge. Or Inside Luge, as the case may be. Inside Baseball, uh, well, that's, that'll be interesting. <laughs> Just, just a term, just a term, and <laughs> and I can't wait the two months until baseball season starts. That's just between you and me, Peter. But the uh, the the uh, how big is the team that you've taken over for for the Olympics? Because I'm guessing four channels plus the uh, the because you've got little pop ups that come up on every channel to say there's a medal ceremony going on on this channel at the moment, and yeah. uh, there's an Australian competing on this other channel at the moment. So you might want to switch over. So I'm guessing you need four or five directors going at any one time. Uh, how how are you controlling all of that, Josh? Um, look, the duck looks great on on top of the water, but you wouldn't want to see what the legs are doing underneath. <laughs> look, it, it, it's um, you'd be staggered by the the small number of people that we do have. Um, Foxtel directly has here um, some 48 people, and uh, to put that in context, we're doing. Broadcast the way we're doing it and how it's do- and how it's being done has a never been done in Australia before, but b is not being done anywhere else on a world scale like this. So we are um, absolute pioneers in the way that this is being done, and and all broadcasters have been fascinated with um, with how we've done it and with the number of people who are doing it. To to put in the put it in a little bit of context, um, our colleagues from NBC in the United States have some 1,400 people here. Whoa. And our colleagues from, from Canada, from the Canadian Broadcasting Consortium, which involves uh, both a, a, a traditional, if you like, over-the-air network and, um, and subscription TV, uh, they also have 1,400 people. Wow. So we do things a bit differently at Foxtel and we do things a bit differently in Australia generally where we, um, we just work jolly hard and um, we really think through how we're going to do it and plan it. And we've got some amazingly talented technical staff and we've got some amazingly talented anchors um, who are working in one studio and could be live 
on one of the on on any of the four channels at any particular time and sometimes all four channels could be live on the studio at any one time and they're if you like almost sometimes acting as a traffic cop you'd need a whole suburb to house all those people you, you wouldn't want to... You That's couldn't, phenomenal. You can't fathom the size. Um, <laughs> wow. I think many sporting events would quite like to have that number of spectators. So, you know, they're, uh, we're, doing it, um, we're doing it really smart with a, an incredibly dedicated group of, group of people who are here. So, uh, and, uh, Peter, is Jim Courier involved? Is, I'm sorry, Jim is, Courier. Is Jim Courier involved? Uh, Jim Curry, the tennis player? Yeah, not As one of your commentators? Australia's favourite commentator, yeah. Peter. Australia's favourite commentator. No, we no? don't have Jim, no, we don't right, have Jim Courier. I'm no. coming over to the dark side of Foxtel <laughs> for your Commonwealth uh, uh, coverage. The, uh, the, the, this, all, this, all this coverage that you're doing, the, the, uh, the two Olympics, the Commonwealth Games, showing what you can do with, uh, with multi-channel sport broadcasting. And, uh, and this isn't the first time that you've used uh, active broadcasting uh, e- either because uh, often when you do the cricket, uh, you've got the uh, you've got the option of commentary or non-commentary. Uh, or in the case of the English Premier League on a Saturday night, you can press the red button and you could watch all five games of the of the EPL on Ooh, a Friday night, bam. which is which is more football than anybody needs ever in their life. <laughs> uh, but is is all of this just kind of you just sticking it to? to the government and the networks saying, come on, anti-siphoning laws, I dare you to continue on when, uh, when we can do this better than, than other people can give it to the people? No, we have to... Um, Foxtel and subscription television has to deal with... We're, we're dealing with the hand that we've been dealt and we just have to do things... Um, we've got to work harder and we, we work smarter. We don't have the benefits and the luxury of, of legislation to... Um, to protect us in that regard, so we have to try and be creative with the with the, the content and the and the product that we do have. Um, use innovation where innovi- where innovation actually leads to better consumer options and greater viewing options for people. So we've we've always tried to, to push that barrow um, and uh, and use all of the smarts that we can that we can possibly adopt in a multi-channel world to do that and that includes things like interactivity and um and you know use of the iq and all of those kind of um you know elements that make up a a uh, a foxtel subscription um peter if so, only you were free if only you were free <laughs> well that that then leads to the other part of it which is we have an amazing we have an amazing thing which is we have a direct one-on-one relationship with our customers we know Every single, we know who our customers are. They, they pay us every month, and so we have an amazing relationship with them. And you know, um, and so if you know, we're 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 very fortunate in that regard, and we have to treat that with an enormous amount of responsibility um, to ensure that on a consumer relationship, one-on-one basis, that people are getting value for money, and that they're getting what they're paying, and you know, that they're getting what they perceive to be value for the money that they that they pay us every month. If they didn't, then they wouldn't subscribe. So it's, it's, um, it's, it's a very different relationship to, um, to say, traditional over-the-air mm. television, which doesn't have that one-on-one relationship. So you've got to take companies. what you get. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I love all of that, except for the part where I have to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> Peter surprisingly, Campbell. Surprisingly affordable. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, well I've, uh, to be honest, Peter, I've just had to, uh, to cut down my, uh, my subscription because... Uh, was getting uh, too expensive, and it's not the first time that uh, that, that well, I've done it. Well, the good part is, of course, is that we've got multiple 
uh, multiple options for people to be able to choose what suits them and what oh, suits stop their, their budget best. There you go. <laughs> stop spruiking. Or give uh, it to us free on box covers. That's your other option. <laughs> uh, Peter Campbell from, uh, from Foxtel, thanks so much for... Uh, for telling us all about mm. your, uh, your your Winter Olympic coverage and for taking time out of your uh, no doubt hectic schedule in Vancouver. It's a pleasure. We're going to go back now and uh, keep riding the bike to keep it all going. Yeah, uh, get, get your cowbell out because because uh, you're going to have to ding there's, that. There's, there's a lot of it. Those uh, the Norwegians and uh, the Scandinavians particularly love those. Actually, over here they bring cowbells. There's another one they have is bear bells. Mm. You wear bear bells to uh, to ward the bears away from you as well. So mm. if you wonder what the bells are ringing for, that's what it's for. Do they work? I haven't seen any bears, so, but it, <laughs> you, it, is, it is winter and the bears are supposed to be sleeping. So, Peter Campbell, thanks so much for Thank joining you. us on Box Cutters. We really appreciate it. No problems. Enjoy. Hey, this is James Talia, and you're listening to the spot where you can find out everything good, bad, and otherwise on your box. It's the Box Cutters. And now, continuing our Olympic coverage coverage special of Box Cutters, we have from Channel 9's commentary team, John Rooney. Yay! Welcome to Box Cutters, John. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, now, firstly, do I say your name better than Eddie does? Um, it's very... I like the flair with it. Yeah? Can you say it again? John. Oh, it's not bad. It's not bad. Is you can throw John? a little bit of a Gian in yeah, there. Yeah, Gian. Oh, sounds G- really exotic. Oh, G- Gian. Yeah. Oh. What's your middle name, Gian? Um, Lee. Oh, that's not very exotic. Uh-huh. No, but it's all right if you go like J Lo G Lee. Sure, sure. Oh. G Lee R. Yeah, I'll yeah. take that. Yeah, <laughs> I'd take that. Uh, now it's 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 round about uh, nine thirty at the moment, isn't it? Yep. And, uh, you're and, close. Five yeah, to nine. Five to five to nine. Uh, in, uh, in in Vancouver, so you've been going for about nineteen hours thus far yeah, today. Yeah, pretty pretty close to that actually, but. You know, the best thing is that every now and again you do get really tired and you start to get a little bit delirious, but then you go, wow, I'm at the Winter Olympics and I'm seeing sports live that I've only ever seen on TV and, and uh, you actually laps. pinch yourself. So, yes, we're working hard. I think we're all going to die for a week when we get home, but right now we're having a ball. Because you're not an Olympic virgin. You, you know, you've, you've done your fair share of Olympics, just not, not on that side of, of the commentary team. Exactly. Well, this is my first Winter Olympics and my first uh, Olympics as a non-athlete. And um, wow, I had no idea that all this went on. You know, as as an athlete, you are completely unaware of anything outside your bubble. You just go and do your thing, what you've always done. You eat, you sleep, you train, then you compete. Hang on, um, And you really have no idea what goes into it. But there is a massive other side, and uh, wow, I had no idea. Are you saying the athletes have it easy? Yeah. Well, maybe not easy, but I must admit you stay in a bubble. You really stay in a bubble. And look, that's what our support staff are so good at doing, is keeping you in that bubble so that you kind of replicate everything that you've done at home in training, and so you don't get too caught up in the, the whole thing that it is in Olympics because the pressure is uh, is pretty big but I'm saying that there is a whole other side to it and I did not give it the respect that it, it deserved we, and now I understand. We never get the stats about how many uh, complimentary condoms are provided to the <laughs> Olympics commentary village there. Well I'm telling you there's none here. We're our um, 
<laughs> You've been looking for them. Commentary babies and STDs <laughs> <Yeah>. everywhere. <laughs> Channel 9 alone, we're spread over five different hotels. So if you can actually pick where your uh, your friend is, then I think you're doing okay to start off with. I just love the idea that Gian Rooney is actually on the phone at the moment talking not only about you know, commentators rooting each other, but also playing down the pressure of being an Olympic athlete. You just go and you just sort of hang out and you jump in the pool, you splash around a little bit. You're going for gold, lady. Oh, I know. No, I really should. These athletes are incredible. The other thing is, summer athletes, I'm, I'm, I've got a whole new respect for winter athletes because most of these sports, you can die. Yeah. Lose a yeah. finger. Have you not heard of drowning? And die. And yeah. you can't, that doesn't happen in summer sports. No, no. Or maybe the javelin. <laughs> yeah, look, you don't ever hear mm. of swimmers drowning. No. <laughs> or oh, in Australia, quite, you it do. It would be but... quite bad if that happened with all those people watching. But, I mean, you watch some of these crashes. I was out at Ski Cross this morning up at Cyprus. What, what is Ski Cross? Now, Ski Cross, okay. Do you know what Border Cross is? Where no. they go down, yeah, it's a Channel it's like 7 show like where they, yeah, where, where they stop. It's like an obstacle course. Um, and so we've had the men's and women's board across. Today was the men's ski cross. So they go down an obstacle course. Board across is obviously on a board. Ski cross is the exact same um, concept and course, but they're on skis. Oh my so God. what happens is they have Mental. they have a qualifying run where they they go individually and they're timed and it's it's obviously on times where they qualify and then from then on there is four rounds until the final where they go four athletes at a time so it's like demolition derby out there and but, you knock people off there's no rules if you go over a jump and you run into someone and they crash that's their problem you just keep going there's Stephen and, Bradbury waving from the sides exactly <laughs> exactly it's like they watched that race back in 2002 when he won and went let's devise a sport that's better than, than that. that. That sounds less like a sport though and more like a Japanese game show. Or, yeah. or, actually it is a bit like Hole in the Wall. Or maybe it actually goes back to the 80s and uh, it's based on the final scene in Hot Dog, the movie. <laughs> <laughs> now, oh, hilarious. Now on, on to serious stuff. Gian. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, the, being in the commentary team how much research do you have to do before you're put in front of a live event and you have to tell people a, well, a million kilometres away what's going on? Yeah, well, look, there was... Um, I think we all knew this was coming. We've known for a while. I've known for about six months that um, I'd been picked to come over here and very excited. Obviously, no next, knew next to nothing about any winter sport had always enjoyed it as a spectator but really had no idea about what was going on um so you start really starting to pay attention back then about six months out i started looking through things checking up on sports if it was on at any time i'd watch it if there was newspaper articles on i'd read it um check out a few things because i mean they they're they're so technical and you you are doing a lot of catch-up i mean (laughs) i've been out to um ice skating nearly every night and <laughs> By now, I actually can pick up what is a good move and what wasn't. But at the start, I'm telling you, it was pretty basic knowledge. That's because so. it's not a real sport, Jan. <laughs> not like I'm not going to comment on that. Because <laughs> I'd say that. Although, did you see Johnny Weir the other night? 
Johnny Weir is a flamboyant American. He's got his own reality TV show in the States. He lines up at the start of the show in stilettos and a cat suit. Oh, looks fantastic. down the barrel of the camera and says, when I'm good, I'm good. But when I'm bad, I'm better. Oh, man. So, that's not ice castles, <laughs> is it? That's someone with no, some confidence. I got to interview him and he's been so controversial. He wanted to wear real fur on his skating outfit mm. and... All the rest of it. And he's just fabulous. He's brought this whole new audience to figure skating. Um, The Federation hate him because they think he's a bad role model. Everyone else loves the guy. And, uh, you know, it's stuff like that where you go, right, okay, I'm so on board. I wasn't before, but I'm so on board now. That thing that you described earlier about having having no idea at the start and then uh, getting more and more as as you keep watching it, I'd say in in the early days of the snowboarding, that was really obvious with uh, with James Brayshaw, who uh, who who would wait the entire time that the snowboarding was on? He would say at the start, give, give kind of a, a a rundown of what the athlete, what the athlete's history was, and then at the very at the very end of the run, would go, oh, and he's pretty excited about that. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Look, there's think- snow and everything. I know. Look, the funniest thing is, um, like, talking from my experience, when I'm down in a mixed zone, so that's what the area is called when an athlete comes off their competition and they talk to the media. So we basically line up in cattle pens. We've got our own little assigned cattle pens, and we have to wait till the athlete walks past us and we try and grab them. They can say no if they want to an interview, but, um, you know, most are pretty good. I'm allowed... 90 seconds maximum to interview that person. Otherwise, a Nazi lady comes and wraps you up and steps in front of the camera. So you've got 90 seconds to talk to this person that you've never talked to before. They don't know who you are. You don't really know who they are. But you've just watched them or witnessed one of their finest moments Mm. in life. So it's this really weird feeling of you get really excited for them. And you can probably hear it in most of my voices. I sound like an excited schoolgirl interviewing (laughs) these guys because I get so wrapped up in the moment. And then I'm like, oh, my God, you must be just over the moon. And uh, they really give you a lot as athletes because they kind of feed off you and you feed off them. And the funny thing is by the, you know, by halfway point, you're an expert at all these sports because you've been out there for 12 hours and you've watched every single race that they've done. And how did you, like when you were on the other end of it, so you're a swimmer just jumping out of the pool and you've just won a medal. (laughs) (laughs) having to talk for, you know, 90 seconds. How did you feel if you came up against someone who clearly actually didn't know that much about swimming? Like, you know, nice kicking around there, Jean. That was a good, you've got good hands. I figured out pretty early that if the first question they ask you, Jean, how do you feel? It is such an open question. It's got nothing specific in it whatsoever so I try never to ask that question because I just go oh cringe but if how do you feel that I went straight away right you've got no idea to be honest my arms are a bit tired yeah Yeah. (laughs) actually I can't breathe properly right now (laughs) (laughs) so um it's uh I mean you do it as you do I, I was always an athlete that uh, I guess tried to help out the interviewer as much as possible. I don't want anyone to look like an idiot and I don't want to look like a, a horrible mean person by trying to catch someone out. Um, you know, and you're just really excited to talk about your sport and to talk about your performance and you're usually either so excited or so devastated and the emotion is there. And, mm. you know, athletes, we, we, we kind of do wear our heart on our sleeve either way. So you can kind of tell where someone's at and, and you can judge by, I guess, their first answer where they are. And you know from their statistics and their previous competitions if they're going to be happy with the result or not, and you just kind of go with it.
I, I saw a clip uh, on the soup of uh, an American uh, an American interviewer asking a European skater during that ninety second bit. Uh, could you pl- and, and this skater had just won gold. Uh, could you please tell us your name and uh, and the event that you just won? And, oh, uh, uh, and are I you think, kidding? And I think she wanted it just for a record on the editing, so that when they're editing it together, they could uh, have all yes. that. But but his response to, "Are you stupid?" Yeah. <laughs> that was that was That's his response. Fair enough. And fair stupid? enough. I mean, That's outrageous. As I said, when you're down there, especially the big events, there can be up to like 200 media in a mix zone. Because you've got TV cameras, you've got print journalists, and you've got photographic journalists. So it can take you... Like, the big guys, that's why they give you 90 seconds maximum. Because the big guys, you know, the ones that are famous around the world, it can literally take them two hours to get through the mix zone. Then they've got to do drug testing after. They've got to do a main press conference. So that's why there is a time limit. And it's obviously for reasons like that. As you said, it was probably because she wanted to help the editors out. But you just don't do that. I mean, if someone... That's if rude. Just won gold, you kind of acknowledge that. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would think that you'd have done that research mm. and you just write it down on the film canister. Oh, completely. <laughs> <laughs> well, John Rooney, I, I'm sure you've got uh, heaps more to do. You've got coverage uh, tonight on uh, on Channel Nine and uh, and going right through the Winter Olympics. Uh, you've you've done you, you've done heaps of time as as your first Olympics, though. Do you think? Uh, do you think? Anything else is going to live up to it? Um, it's a tough one. Um, it'll be interesting to see. We're also covering London in 2012. Oh, that'll so be I'll better. I'll be really looking forward to seeing how a Summer Olympics differs to a Winter Olympics. You're going to be but stuck with the swimming, though, I there, been, Yeah, I've been so blown away by, as I said, the how visually spectacular nearly every ice or, you know, or snow sport is. Take out curling, um, but apart from that, <laughs> oh! <laughs> I love the curling. Else is visual. I have a lot of respect for those guys. I don't think they're given the credit they deserve, but <laughs> we'll just leave it there. Okay. Every other sport is visual. And as I said, just so dangerous and so many hidden elements that are in there that, you know, summer athlete, most summer athletes just don't have. So I'm having a ball over here. My only, you know, the only thing I'm upset about is the fact that I'm at one sport and sometimes I'd rather be at another sport. So I would have loved to have been at the USA-Canada game tonight and they're all rioting in the street because the Canadians lost um, 5-3 to the US. This is in the is ice hockey? enemies and they just hate them and obviously hockey is Canada's number one sport. I always want to say Canadia, by the mm. way, so watch out for that blooper if that happens, but <laughs> they are just rioting in the streets at the moment, there's people everywhere, it's a bit nuts, so uh, yeah, good luck getting home. So if, if you're on the roads in Vancouver, get off, that's yeah, what you're saying? Yeah, pretty much, or public transport, or anything. <laughs> or if you're Gian Rooney, just walk around with your medals, just like <laughs> flashing oh, them around, just hard oh, no, I think I'll be looking at the ground, not making <laughs> eye contact and taking back No, street. show <laughs> off, lady, show yeah, off. Yeah, take them around, see if you can get into any parties. Yeah, well, I think there's a few houses that will be... They have, like, what they've called... Um, like, every big country in winter sports has their own house, which they've basically paid a restaurant or a bar or a club to put their signage up and call it the Swiss house or the Dutch house. or So, 
I think USA House tonight is going to go off. The Swiss guy won the men's ski cross and he predicted a massive party. So the lineups are around the block to get into these places, but they've actually shut the alcohol off from 7 pm tonight just, oh. just because they're worried about what's going to happen Coopers. out on the streets. Well, you know, the, the, the good thing about, uh, about Winter Olympics parties always plenty of snow. <laughs> hey! Hey! Come oh, on! Very good. Very good. Joshua, Joshua. Yeah, that's the uh, that's the level that you can expect from box cutters, Gian. That's what we give. Oh, uh, look, you know what can I say? First class. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for uh, for spending part of your busy schedule with us on Box Cutters, Gian. It's been uh, an absolute pleasure having you on. And uh, and w- when you're in Melbourne, you'll have to come to the studio and. Uh, and talk more about I your exploits. I would love to. Thanks Yay. for having a chat, guys. It was good fun. See Thank ya. you, John. Bye. Thanks, John. If you watch one thing. Nellie Thomas, if you were going to watch one thing this week on television, mm. what would it be? Well, it would actually be on today. Right. right. But I reckon it'll be repeated. Somewhere okay. or available on the internet. So today being Monday, Monday when the twenty second of February, um, Oprah Winfrey. You might know Oprah Winfrey. She's a popular talk show host in America. She, like Tyra, she's retired now, hasn't like, she? Like a big lady. She's like Tyra though. Yeah, like she does a show <laughs> yeah. like Tyra. Yeah, but with brains and things. Okay. Um, she, like Donahue. Like Donahue. Like right. a Donahue is a black woman. Oh, yeah. Interesting. With more money. So Donahue in Soul Man. <laughs> <laughs> and Donahue went downhill. Donahue ended up being, you know, Jerry Springer-esque oh, towards the, the end. end. Really? Yeah, he was, God, he was good in his heyday. But he was great he, in his heyday. He and definitely. Then, uh, he started going to, you know, my cousin slept with your girlfriend's boyfriend's But they never set up fights like they do on Springer. Not quite, but they definitely do. Oh, look, you're actually a transsexual. You know, that kind of nonsense. We so. were keeping that a secret reveal for Brett for later. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Sorry. So Oprah Winfrey, what's Oprah she doing? Oprah Winfrey today, she's doing a fascinating show on um, sex. And it's about the fact that a recent study has shown up to a third of women in America watch porn on the internet. Oh. And this has surprised a lot of people because they didn't think that many women watch porn. It was mainly, you know. Young men, well, why did I say young? Uh, men downloading porn and watching it. But that, in fact, there are a lot of consumers. And she's talking about it, I think, uh, in quite a candid way, which I must say, all props to Oprah. She's got some issues, but she does certainly deal with sex quite I love, maturely. I love the idea. Women love porn. So, well, That's apparently a third. Women love a third of porn. <laughs> or a third of women. Right. And so she's looking at which, why Which they third? Watch it's porn. the top third, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Depends on the porn, would be. Ah, oh, right, sense. right. But um, she is very good with um, with with sex issues. I think a lot of Americans are, are so, you know, like on television, are so bloody immature in dealing with sex and sexuality. And Oprah, she, you know, she, she's she the doesn't only, pull any punches. She's the only one who can get away with it, though. Yeah, true. True, but she just she does that thing of I hate when people give euphemisms when they're talking about sex. You know, like it's your front bottom. Uh, you know, things like that. It's a it's vagina. Not, it's not my front bottom, it's my penis. Do you know I was on the ABC once and I said vagina and I got beeped? <gasps> really? I got, and I'm like, dudes, vagina is not a swear word. Vagina is a technical term. It is mm. a scientific term. It is a biological term. So ABC Oprah TV? avoids that nonsense. ABC Radio. On, uh, 
Oh no, Oprah has said VJJ before. Oh, I love VJJ. Uh, it's a fantastic. But term. what they but on the ABC they prefer the outer uterus. <laughs> How about flaps? Oh, nice. But I actually saw her Oprah. She did a great show on talking to teenagers about sex, and she actually had a sexologist on there saying, "You know what? Maybe you could mention just I don't know, just to the side that sex can actually be pleasurable." You know, and that women are actually allowed to enjoy, enjoy sex. Maybe you could do that. They even talked about female masturbation, which on American television is, I mean, I can't even think of the equivalent. Like, that is huge. She got a lot of shit for it, but all props to Oprah for uh, addressing the issue. Oh, good. So, so, so that's, I'd be interested. So it's an Oprah, an Oprah uh, special about... Uh, Oprah special about porn, women um, who enjoy porn, and I believe... I mean, I should clarify as well. I I think there are a whole range of problems with the porn industry. Like I'm not – the reason I'm interested is not because I'm going, yay, we've been watching porn. Isn't that fantastic? I have a lot of concerns about the pornography industry. But I think it's a very interesting issue. So it's more a disbelief that an, an entire third of women are watching porn. It's not a disbelief, but I'll be interested in what sort of porn they're watching and what whether they know about the porn industry, what they think about it. Um, whether or not they take that into account when they watch it, do they choose pornography differently? It you sounds know? it sounds really interesting. If you find that it's going to be repeated, mm. can you can you let I'll us put it on the thing? I, I'll get you to do it, but I will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah send me an email. I will. I think, Josh, can you do this? Yeah, thing? I will. Brett, if you're going to watch one thing, if I was going to watch one thing this week, it would be uh, actually to to stay abreast of uh, the most Brett. recent hey. developments. I'd be watching seven two. On Wednesday night at 8.30pm, it's The Substitute, which is uh, the fourth episode in the sixth series of Lost. Channel 7 is showing uh, the new episodes on 7.2 and... uh, At 9.30. At 8.30. At 8.30. 7.2. And then a delayed screening, which is uh, the week before's episode on the main Channel 7 channel. At uh, eleven thirty on Wednesdays, so, so they're still so on the island. Behind. So hang on, seven two oh, are showing at the same time. Seven two are showing episode four this week, mm-hmm. which is what was it called? The substitute. The substitute, and channel so, seven. So that's proper. the one that is the most recent, right? Okay, so it's the one that ha- it has already aired in the states, yep. though. Yeah. Right. Well, I, I'll be watching. Uh, I'll be watching Lost episode episode five. five. Live, ah, oh, oh my god, yes! I, I'm going to be in New York City, so I, I'm going to be watching that. Uh, but will you be eating a dog? Will you be eating a chili dog? <laughs> I'm going to be eating a having a chili, coffee. I'm going to be eating a chili cheese. I've already decided a chili what, cheese dog. Chili cheese dog mm. from Chelsea Papaya, which mm. is uh, on the corner of the street of of my hotel. Mm. I'm going to grab that, go back to my hotel, watch Lost. And uh, and then hit the town. Do you think you'll be aware of there yet? Or I'm just going to be so bloody tired that I'm, I'm <laughs> going to have to catch up. How long get a fly for? Uh, Twenty hours. Nice. But the uh, but if I was in Australia and I was going to watch one thing, uh, it would be Designer People on SBS on Thursday nights. Please, I hope there's another episode because I've just been taping it on the uh, on the. Is Fox that a documentary? Is that? Oh no! Yeah, it's Leland Chin hosts a I series love Leland a Chin. series of documentaries about designers. But not like mm. fashion designers, designers of all things, posters and bicycles and oh, uh, terrific! Really, really interesting. If you're if you're interested at all in any kind of design, because it sounds have like you an, seen an episode of that previously. No. I have seen I have seen an episode of it. I, I had a look at a, at an episode a few weeks ago. I found it very much. Uh, it just seems so much like 
adoration of advertising mm. for me. Like, oh yes, it's beautiful. A beautiful poster from Coca Cola, like that sort of stuff. Like, although they really, do good posters, yeah, yeah. You, yeah, sure. But when you're talking when you're talking about design, you can't just discount a whole area of design. I don't know. It makes me I've feel seen, dirty. I've seen an episode mm. night, and I I quite enjoyed it. And my my parents actually put me onto this one, and they said, "Watch it, you'll like it." Because I they were right. Designer people, I actually saw it advertised, as in heard the title, and thought. Oh, it'll be like some expose on, you know, superficial Paris Hilton types. I'm That's, not interested. I have to say, because I, I set up, when my parents told me about it, I set it up uh, on my uh, on my IQ because mm. I can actually do that by my phone. So I was just trying to impress them. Oh, sorry. Mm, mm. Just trying to impress them with how much technology I have mm. that I can set up my recorder to record at home by doing stuff on my phone. And did their eyes, like, glaze over? No, no, they were... They, they, oh, that they was, was just mine, sorry. They were suitably impressed, but then... Oh, <laughs> you are so mean to me. <laughs> the, uh, but then every time I saw it on the on the list of things mm. that, that we had to watch and said designer people, I'm going, Whatever. what the hell is that? Mm. What What is that? I don't Some want a genetic engineering. sitcom uh, with, with uh, more than just one gender. Yeah. You know, a makeover, uh, what, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, the, but Leland Chin, the she's great. The reboot designing women. Yeah, it's, I have to say it's, it's a little bit weird because I, I don't think it's an Australian production. But Leland Chin does top and tails on it, mm. and then uh, and then sometimes we'll just get a little cut in in the middle where she'll talk about the Australian perspective of that designer or how that designer mm. has affected things mm. in Australia. Like she used to host uh, Eurovision. Yeah, I miss her on the news. She's still on the news. Isn't she? I thought she was gone from the news. No, she still does the news. You're thinking of Mary Costacides. It's the no, weekend. I'm not. I'm it's, easy to get them, it's easy to get them mixed up because all women look alike. Nelly. <laughs> no, that, there's another lady with long hair who does SBS News now. Yeah, but Leland Chin still does it. What I've seen time her. is she on? I don't know. Is it the late news because I'd be in bed? I see her on it. I've seen her. That's Josh, what I'm saying. You look like you're ready it, to throw could, down, and I can take it. I'm not ready to throw down. I'm ready to lie down. Nelly. <laughs> yeah. I'm a little bit tired. It's not particularly let's, uh, late. Hey, let's let's tell someone they've won a prize. Great. Okay, question three. Which can I- all these going to be about war? No, I got loads of. I got one on tennis. I one on the Suez Canal. Loads. Okay, question three. Which canal links the Mediterranean with the Red Sea? Box. Ah, last week there was uh, there, there was controversy because mm. uh, we had a question two weeks ago Frankly, when you were last here, Nelly. You got out of hand in my absence. Is what happened? Well, uh, yes, we yes. didn't get out of hand. The senderina <laughs> has got out of hand. <laughs> no, because no, none of them, no, none no, of them agreed with you. No, the, uh, yeah. I may have erred slightly. In, in this particular question, what's basically happened? I thought there was only one female co-host on Salam Cafe, which was the Because question. all women look alike. Because all women look alike. And uh, turns out that there was more than one. Right. Because Susan, who everyone, uh, Ev- I believe, everyone, everyone answered, gave that answer. Every, everyone. Everyone. <laughs> is it Susan Carboni? Susan Carland. Carland, who is yeah, also... Susan Who's She's Susan Carboni? She's uh, oh, yeah. that's where I'm thinking. Okay, that's where my head goes. She, who's also, incidentally, Waleed Ali's wife, not Carboni. Susan, Susan Carland. Um, and he's the thinking woman's crumpet. That's a whole other thing. She, all crumpets look alike. Like, <laughs> 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 stop with that look alike. <laughs> Susan, I had seen her on Salam Cafe, but I thought she was a guest. But ah. she was considered a co-host. The co-host I was thinking of was Toltu. And now that I'm sitting here saying that, I can't remember Toltu's last name. 
Okay. Well, and Brett's, it's not written in front of me. Brett's, Brett's got it somewhere. But everyone did answer Susan, Susan Carlin. because, yes, she's probably um, slightly better known. But I didn't know that she was a co-host. I thought she was a guest host. Right. So I think we'd accept either answer. Okay. Well, I checked it out with Nazim, basically, is what I'm saying. And he said, yes, Susan's the right answer as well. Okay. Toltu Tufa was the Toltu name Toltu we Tufa, who's fantastic. For. Yeah. Well, uh, well, I have to say, uh, uh, when you say we'll accept either answer, we can mm. only accept one answer. And that answer is Susan Carlin, because that's the awesome. only one that any, anybody uh, anybody entered. Poor Toltu. We'll have yeah, to get her Toltu. in. We, she's we great. Should. She's very young. She's feisty. And um, I've actually – she works at CASA as well, the Centre Against Sexual Assault, just as oh. a by-the-by. And I've done some work with her on some projects with teenagers. But anyway, that's you a whole other that thing. You say that CASA? CASA is the no, Centre Against Casa. Sexual Assault. CASA. Mi CASA, your CASA. Su CASA. Su CASA. <laughs> I made that joke. CASA House is how they pronounce it. I made that really? joke in an email to uh, – to, to Nelly earlier this week because mm. that that so have you been given, reading out emails? Given the old, uh, we had a witty exchange. It was hilarious. The post <laughs> should have been Napster Kazar, right? I would I would uh, imagine K double A Z double A. This is C A S A. The spelling, Kaza. the way you say Kaza. Kaza. Yeah. Kaza. I think they're the focusing on issues other than that at Casa. Oh, really? So, yeah. They've got more important things to yeah. worry about. You know, people getting raped and pronunciation. Stuff. Yeah. Right. I think yeah. they should have a look at their priorities. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell them that. Next time we meet about the No Man's No Show, I'll say, you know what? Your name, it's a little bit confusing. Have, and they'll say, it's the Centre Against Sexual Assault. Have you thought about having a meeting about that? <laughs> oh, they love a meeting. Well, they are Centre. I'll see if Toltu can be there. <laughs> That'd be great. We'll record that, put it up as an episode. So I'm apologetic, very apologetic for the confusion. Now, um, now we'll do, you wanna know, do you want to know who's won or do you want to know what they've won first? I want to know what they won first. Or the uh, video podcast viewers will uh, already see that I'm holding it up to Mm, the microphone so that the uh, audio podcast viewers can get a a better hearing of it. That's a really nice looking thing. It is. It's a a lovely crumpler laptop bag. It's the Reginald Transfer Mm. in a brown on brown motif. I'm very jealous. I'm very jealous of... Jen Day! Well done, Jen Day. That was my best best commercial radio voice. Jen Day! I would like to know... Congratulations! If Jen Day... a crumpler bag! If Jen Day's listening, I would like to genuinely know from Jen Day whether or not she watched Salem Cafe and knew that Susan was a host or or whether she Googled it and therefore would have come up Susan probably instead of told her because Susan's more famous. If she watched it and she knew Susan, I'll be so impressed. Otherwise, you can still have the thing, Jen. You can no, done you now. Can, yeah, you can We've have it either way. It. You can still You've have it, it, but I would just a little part of me would die. That's all I'm You've saying. Uh, Brett Cropley is going to be in touch with you, Jen, during the week yeah. uh, to organise also a that uh, bag coming your way. A, a call out to our our extended uh, competition, which I won't mention the name of. Um, Chad should uh, get in touch with us to uh, we we need to to come up with a, a mutual time that uh, he can come in for the ceremony. You're organising that. I, I haven't You're heard that. Heard Brett, back on that. But uh, Chad, if you can, uh, let this steam coming out of Josh's ears. You, you are entirely in charge of that. <laughs> yes, I got, I got nothing. Well, that's to all do. down to Chad. I'm, yeah. I'm not suggesting oh, that we would down go to, to him. Chad. Are you two going to fight? Chad needs to get his prize. Great. If he's, if he's local, Chad, it would be awesome. Fight, fight, given, fight. Given that the thing ran for six months, why don't you contact? To- why don't you contact <laughs> rather than leaving it up to Chad? Rather than leaving it up to Chad, I thought you were doing. No, save no, it for I'm the main streets in New York, Josh. Save it. I'm not doing it. I said it's entirely <laughs> your bag. You do you do whatever you do whatever needs. You're going to say it's entirely my bag. I was going to say it's entirely your okay, bag. Okay, I'm calling an end to this. Let's move on. Paul. I um, when I 
cast my pod, it's with the box cutters in mind. Box cutters. Pod. Cast. Done. Pork is on the table. Okay. Mm. First things first. Mm. Uh, found out a little bit more about how many people are at the Olympics on behalf of Australian commentary teams. Great. Oh, so actually working over there we're, for Channel 9. And we're talking... Or Foxtel. Or Foxtel. So. So Foxtel. Winter Olympics. For the Winter Olympics. Not the proper Olympics. In Vancouver in Canada. <laughs> in Olympics. Winter Olympics are just like the Summer Olympics. They're really not. Just with more skiing. They're really not. More skiing and less javelin. And less... Athletes. More bongs, I reckon. <laughs> more so, come on, snowboarders. True. So Foxtel and Nine had a joint bid. Actually, I'm surprised they, they drug Can tests. I explain this? They get done for... They did. There was a whole thing years ago. It's Brent. We're not going into that now. So there was a joint bid between Foxtel and Channel Nine mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. Uh, to host the Winter Olympics Games. They won that, and yep. they will also be hosting jointly the Summer Games in London oh. in 2012. In 12. So they're going to be doing that jointly. It is mm. a joint bid. They're both hosting it. So Are that- they both doing Com Games in India? Channel 10 and Foxtel are doing okay. Commonwealth Games in India. Uh, in uh, in Vancouver, Channel 9 have about 70 people. Mm-hmm. As we heard, Foxtel have about 48 people. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are also 30 to 40 people in a communal uh, kind of journalism pool mm. in, uh, over there in, in Vancouver called the Olympic Unit, which is Foxtel, Channel 9 combined. So that's like cooperation. So that's cooperation. So they share those resources. Okay. Uh, but they do also share commentators. Apparently, Channel 9 commentators were going over onto uh, Foxtel to do some of their commentary or they had exactly the same commentary feed. So, so it's a slight misrepresentation to say Foxtel have only got 48. Yeah, they've got they've, they've got but they're running four, to draw four, on. four channels with 1,600 hours of, yeah. of coverage with just two people. I mean, still that's impressive. Just, just two people doing the whole thing. Bit. It's actually still impressive either way. Either but there way. there is a, a, a combined pool that they're sharing with Nine as and, well. And if you, if you consider that, uh, that together they've got, uh, what is that, 110, 150 people compared to mm. other countries, 1,400. Yeah. Uh, I, think, uh, I think Australia's still doing pr- pretty well with the uh, We're Aussie battlers. Yeah. That's what we are. Totally. But totally Aussie battlers. Now, does, does that also include – have – does that pool uh, have camera people, like tech-type people, uh, getting their own footage, or is there an open kind of Olympic feed that goes to everybody there? You see that little sure. bit of paper that You're I'm holding sure. up for you? Mm-hmm. That's all the information I have. Mm-hmm. No, I five words, know. five words, and a doodle of a man sitting on a chair. With this doodle? No. <laughs> of a man sitting in a chair. It's a, it's oh, a very fractal. Uh, it's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. an infinite loop. Yeah. Infinite you can loop zoom in. Of man doodle Forever. pictures. Enough doodle. Uh, speaking of doodle. Mm. You want to Maddie Johns. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've got two things for pork. One is quite serious and really irritates me, and the other one's just a whole lot of fun. Okay, so yeah. the one that's really serious telling Brett off for, um, for, for last week. Well, that, I'm not telling Brett off so much as the fact that he's representative of something that really irritates me okay. in the media, which is when, and I say this with love and affection, Brett, mm. is when the Matthew Johns quote-unquote incident is referred to as group sex. It really freaking annoys me that it's referred to as group sex because I think group sex and I think, you know, semi-detached weatherboard in Fairfield. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Key party I think, type. I think a few couples. Oh. I think keep, keep your own experiences. Keep out your of it. own whatever. Yeah. That's just where I'm thinking. I'm thinking there's a bowl. There's some keys. They're consensual adults. <laughs> it's 1978. There's a, there's a bit of Keith Jarrett piped in on the Stezza. You know, <laughs> like it's it's a bit of fun and whatever. What if that floats your boat? Knock yourself out. Yeah. Matthew Jods. We're talking about what was it? Twelve or ten? Anyway, a lot of men who were quite significantly older. And one teenage girl, like was ten it? men. I, I don't think that and I ever one actually girl. kind of. I certainly don't remember the details about the. Matt no, Johnson I'm really not talking it, about it you. It I'm wasn't. Really not. I, hang on. It wasn't his uh, case that was then uh, taken up. Was it somebody on sixty minutes? Who was, no, what was, happened was long like story that was, short. That was with different footballers. Yeah. Matthew Johns was there with a number of footballers. I think it was ten in total, and there was a girl who I think was eighteen in. Um, in New Zealand and they were in their late 20s and early 30s Mm -hmm. and some of them crawled in through the bathroom window and things like that. She says she thought she was just going to the hotel room with him and all of a sudden there's 10 big men there and they proceed to either all have sex with her or watch other men have sex with her and legally she, I believe she tried to have them charged but there wasn't enough. I can't remember. But basically, legally, no, sexual assault didn't happen in the sense that no one was convicted. Mm. But to refer to, to me, group sex is a quite a, it's quite, it's a far too lighter description of that event um, than what is warranted. And just t- uh, 10 men and one woman, there's, call it what you want, but it's certainly not that. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm trying very hard not to say rape because I think I'll get as, sued, but I can't see how it's... Uh, as someone who is heavily involved in the uh, se- sexual assault... Uh, field. Field. Yep. Uh, on, the, on, the, on the side of, of, you know, helping victims. Mm. I should point that out yes, as well. Indeed. Rather than, <laughs> than just saying you're heavily involved in sexual yep. assault. Why do you love it so much? The, um, the, uh, when someone like Matthew Johns, who has been involved in a situation like this... Mm. Then uh, is uh, is courted by a network yeah. and is given a a brand new show. Mm. Mm. What do you think of something like it that? It makes me physically ill. It make it actually makes me physically ill because, um, as box cutters listeners would have heard, I do do shows with um, young men and young women about sexual assault and consent, and I see up close and personal sexual assault bad, consent good. That's right. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. I'm not telling you don't go to see the show. (laughs) No. The show's still worth seeing. That's the gist of it. That's just, that's the crib notes. And you see the effect that um, sexual assault and incidents like this have on people. And this woman, I believe, you know, some years down the track is suicidal and has been uh, hospitalised and all the rest of it. And he does one little bloody mea culpa where he says, I'm sorry, I, you know, hurt my wife's feelings. And she's there kind of going, it's not what she says it is. and all. It, It's disgusting. Like, how is that redeemable? How does he then continue to be, you know, an Aussie icon just because he's bloody good at sport? It's It really does make me sick. This is, uh, this is the thing about those ads, though, those ads that we had a few years ago, uh, Violence Against Women, mm. Australia Says No. Which were terrible ads, actually. Which were, yeah. Terrible ads. If Australia actually said no, then there would not be ratings for a new show with Maddie Johns. That's exactly right. That's exactly you know. So, I mean, so those those ads were just lip service. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, not connected to enough services and all the rest of it. It's not, I mean, I still think there's a place for social education campaigns like that because we should be making it unacceptable. But what's the point? What's the point of social education campaigns exactly if the right. television networks don't follow up? If you turn on around it? and go, oh, okay, this happened, but he said sorry. So, you know, no worries. Like, and it was what in are you New Zealand. About? Get over it. It's a bit like the language is actually, you don't want to get too kind of cultural studies academic about it, but the language is actually really important. It was like, you'll remember that infamous incident on Big Brother a few years ago when that sexual assault was referred to as turkey slapping, which sounds like, oh, isn't that just some kids having fun? No, a girl was held down on a bed while two men rubbed their genitals in her face. Like, I'm sorry, it's not funny and it's not fun and it's not lighthearted. And something like, again, that's my objection to describing that stuff as group sex. That's why he can actually recover from it in the public's eyes and continue to be a celebrity. If you went, for example, he was involved in a gang rape, I don't think he'd be able to come back from that. Or or if he would, then, God, I'm not even cynical enough. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just, yeah. Sorry, I was thinking, I was trying to think of a funny euphemism, and, uh, and you just and, couldn't, yeah, couldn't rape and funny. It doesn't really yeah, go. It's... But um, the I think the unspoken thing as well is what does this do to mainly women because they're by by and large the victims of sexual assault. What does this do to women who've been sexually assaulted? What does this do in terms of further vic- victimisation? Girls and women who have been in that kind of situation, whether it's with a group of footballers or not. What does it say to them about what society thinks of their experience and the pain that they're enduring? It says we don't care. It says it didn't, doesn't really matter. Get over it. You know, that's what troubles me about it. And that's, uh, that, is, that is definitely troubling. I'm troubled by it. I'm, I'm actually just wanting you to go on with the lighthearted thing now. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. You should never get me started on that stuff. So, a little bit, how are we going to get out of this one? Yeah, how, no, well, the lighthearted thing, it was so much fun. I was actually at a party, as I do from time to time, very occasionally. I don't know where you get the time. I really don't. Um, talking about sexual assault. And no, I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> sexual assault and hors d'oeuvres. <laughs> Um, and I met someone who made me promise not to identify them, so I won't. But someone who was... <coughs> Rob let's, Sitch. Let's say they were... Have you seen that thing, What Are White People Like in Melbourne? Oh, no. my God, it's so funny. What Are White People Like in Melbourne? And one of the top ones is... No, What Are White People Do? They either know or have heard... No, they either know or know someone who knows Christos Chalkers. Ah. <laughs> I think that's hilarious. That's it wasn't Christos Chalkers. It's um, someone who was on the crew of MasterChef. And we were talking about my least favourite character or person on MasterChef, which was Kate. Do you remember Kate? Kate no. was from Perth and she had the, like, the long fringe that hung over her eyes and she wanted to be a patisserie chef and she had um, left law school. And they did, you know, when they go and they go into their houses and, oh, this is how Kate really lives. She lived in a suburb called Peppermint Grove, which is really hardcore old money. Like, we're not talking you've made a bit of money in IT. We're talking you've had it for centuries, you know, maids kind of old money. Big block of land in Turak. You have literally, you would have maids bringing you drinks, you know, by the pool kind of money. And um, I was talking to this particular person. So it's no Muradin. No, it's certainly not Meriden. It's a long, long way from Meriden. But apparently Kate was so wealthy that she used to say in the MasterChef compound, I didn't do coins. (laughs) 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 I didn't do coins. And apparently (laughs) and this person said to her, what about gold coins? Don't even do gold. (laughs) 
didn't do coins. She literally threw coins in the bin or on the floor. Like they're an inconvenience. She wants to be. She wants to be a, a patisserie chef. Yeah. Doesn't she know that coins go in pudding? That's. I didn't know whether to punch her in the face or want to follow her around. You know, I don't do coins. <laughs> Picking up both. Yes, <laughs> oh, I, yeah, exactly. Just like Hansel and Gretel. Just like follow the money, you know. That Isn't is, that gorgeous? That is hilarious. And that brings us to the end. Box Cutters episode 213. What a giant ride it's been. Well, I want to say it? thanks so much to, uh, to Liz at Foxtel and Michelle at Channel 9 for helping set up our interviews with... Peter Campbell, the Director of Sport and Olympics at Foxtel, and Gian, Gian, Gian Lee Rooney uh, from Channel 9's Olympic commentary team. G. Lee. No, that's just Italian for John, but, isn't it? Uh, yes. Is it Italian for what? John. For John. Is it? Yeah. John Rooney. Yeah. Is there a story there? Uh, probably not. Nah. Probably not. Whatever. Uh, they uh, they both called through from uh, from Vancouver and are no doubt going through very busy schedules that was at the nice moment. Of so them, wasn't it? I really mm. I, I really appreciate it. I think the two of you should appreciate it as well. I, I think do. the listeners mm. should appreciate it. We should all give them a round of applause. Actually, I was really impressed at the uh, the quality on those lines from Vancouver. Oh, it's it's excellent. Uh, what? what? The, the the easiest phoners I've ever recorded. I think it's uh, they've got some infrastructure over there. Turns out. Yeah, but it's still got to come through all those pipes. Yeah, see, I has don't to, understand. I just, to come, does it work? Does it not work? Come through the oceans. <laughs> a dolphin. A dolphin drags their voice. A mermaid. Yeah. Very quick dolphin. Uh, and I uh, also want to say, uh, we've got a Facebook page, in case you're unaware. You can become a fan of Box Cutters on Facebook, boxcutters.net slash Facebook. No, what? It's the other way around. Facebook.com. Slash box cutters is where you'll find that. Mm. Uh, if you go to boxcutters.net slash Facebook, you'll get a 404 you'll error. You'll find us. You'll just get an error page. We also have a Twitter feed. We do. Box cutters cast is the uh, Twitter feed. So if you're into social media, mm. as some of you are, Nelly, I know you're not. I know you're not. It's just because I don't know. We're also going to be on Oprah. <gasps> yeah, no. What? Are you going to go to Oprah when you're in the States? No, you know what? I was in Chicago last oh, year. Oh, how could you miss that opportunity? I was in Chicago last year and I tried to get in touch with people from uh, from uh, Oprah. From Opie. Opus Day, as I call uh, it. And, uh, and no one got back to me. So mm, what about I, Ellen? Ellen. You could dance over her um, coffee table. Oh, she's too busy now in, uh, in LA doing... Uh, uh, doing does she idol. do coins? She does idol now. She probably doesn't do coins either. No, she doesn't do coins. <laughs> <laughs> she does Porsche Dorossi. The um, <laughs> Whoa! Hey! pow Put a pow uh, Until next week, and yes, we do have a show next week. Craig McLaughlin special next week. Sesame Street special the week after. Week after that break. Week after that, we're back in the studio live. Live, you know, on tape. You coming know what to I mean. you through the internets. Anyway, mm. two excellent weeks of box cutters coming up. Coming your way. I've just gone on commercial radio again. Until next week, my name is Josh Canal. I'm Nellie Thomas. I continue to be Brett Cropley. Thanks for listening to Box Cutters. Catch us again next week. Same bad time. Same bad channel. And hey, let's be careful out there. 
Boxcutters thanks 3RRR, whose studios we use to record this podcast pretty much each and every week. Find them on the web at rrr.org.au or 102.7 FM if you're in the Melbourne metro area. If you enjoyed this podcast, please go onto the iTunes Music Store or anywhere else you find us and leave a review. It will help other people find Boxcutters and then they can enjoy it too. Email us at hooray at boxcutters.net or via SMS on 0458 288 837. That's 0458 Cutter. So Nelly, uh, last week also we, uh, we we mentioned that you had fallen over at the first. <laughs> yes, thank you for mentioning that while I wasn't here to defend myself. Well, and while you relayed a private email that I had sent to you as a friend and not a colleague. Uh, I'm sorry, you were giving me an update on uh, on, <laughs> no. on your fattest loser no. uh, challenge. I fully intended to come and lie to the box colours listeners <laughs> and you? say that I had weaned myself off fatty loser like a fat kid weans himself Nelly, off cake. All of us have had to deal with the fact that when we become a box cutter, we're a public figure and yep. we don't we live- have... Yeah, as, as a stand-up, I never have to deal with that kind of confrontation <laughs> no. at it's all. It's also why we've published your uh, your home address. Can I? You're great. I might get some visitors. So have since since last week's Wayne. Well, for the record, I feel I need to clarify. After my character was assassinated in my absence last week complete, by the two completely. gentlemen in front of me, I fully acknowledge we're like the jackals. I of, uh, fully character. acknowledge that fatty loser is sheer exploitation and disgusting. What I will also acknowledge, which I said at the time, was it doesn't mean it's not entertaining. Yeah, I know. There's some shit that's bad. I know, but still. It's still fun to watch. Still, you were supposed to not watch it for six weeks, come back and see if it was still fun for you. I only watched the way in. It's the way, it's all about the way in. Yeah. You know? Well, it's that's all about the transformation. That's why in the rest of the world it's only one episode. Indeed. And, you know, that thing you, you brought up last week about how they lie and, you know, they shouldn't really actually do it weekly and da-da. Why don't they just be honest and say this is a month later? They lost, you know, three kilos a week, which would still be incredibly fast. But I don't see they why they have three to Because if they wait for three weeks, then they, they, they generate more drama. You know, he's not, you know, he's absolutely not full of any bullshit at all. Who? Pete Smith. Hi, this is Pete Smith. You've been listening to or have just missed Box Gutters.